Rise and Climb with Anna as I share stories of hope and healing through hardship to help you overcome the obstacles you face today. Whether you are a teen, single adult, parenting, or just simply learn best through stories, this podcast will keep you inspired to answer to the call to rise and climb to any occasion life throws at you. Enjoy. Hello, and today's sponsor is brought to you by the Prime Joint Support Formula that I use and absolutely love. It's actually endorsed by Scottie Pippen, which if you know anything about him, a very successful basketball player with the Bulls, many knee surgeries, and he really stands behind and promotes this product, and I totally understand why. Me and myself, I was in the military, and um, I beat up my joints um, through all different sort of physical activity, and by the age of 20, 2324 I was creaking up and down the stairs I started taking this one product with pycnogenol in it and I noticed that I could walk up and down the stairs wonderfully, but I still had this eggnog type fluid in my knee. And so I decided that my joints needed a little more support. So I added this product to my regimen called the Prime Joint Support Formula. And it's in an isotonic form. It's powder you mix with water. It's kind of got this mangoey sweet tart taste. And I first started, I was very skeptical, but I thought I have nothing to lose because I still want to be active, play soccer, climb mountains and all that sort of stuff. So I tried it, and I didn't know if I noticed a difference, so I went off of it when the bottle was done. And within a few days, I could tell that the swelling was back and a little bit more of the pain was back. So needless to say, I'm on it because I want to continue to help support my joints so that I can climb mountains when I'm 70. That is my goal. It's unique because it has a special blend with glucosamine in it. A lot of products have glucosamine and chondroitin in it, But the chondroitin is not actually beneficial because the molecules are too big to actually be absorbed. But glucosamine is hugely beneficial by supporting synovial fluid, which actually lubricates the joints and regenerates cartilage. So if you know that, if you've ever heard of that bone on bone, you really want to prevent that by maintaining and regenerating the cartilage that you do have when you still have it. And the glucosamine does if you still have that cartilage there. But then it also has pycnogenol in it that brings in blood flow and it helps the healing and the aging process. Process, and really with that inflammation, and then also hyaluronic acid, which surgical people who uh, osteopathic people can do hyaluronic acid injections, which ouch and expensive, but this you can taste in a tasty or drink. You can drink in a tasty drink, and it helps maintain that healthy cartilage and promote that healing again. So it hits the joint healing process in three different ways. Like I said, I really love it. So if you are interested for yourself or want to gift it to that weekend warrior or somebody you know who is really active and in pain and would like to still perform their normal daily habits, then you can go to www.shopbyanna.com, S-H-O-P-B-Y-A-N-N-A.com, and type in Prime Joint Support Formula and use the promo code 15OFFMA15. Off OFFMA to get 15% off just because you're listening to this podcast. I hope that you enjoy and can use this uh, product to help rise and climb physically and literally every day. All right, guys, thanks. And now back to the show. All right. Hello, everyone. I have a special guest. He, uh, I have his namesake because I married his brother, actually, my sister. 
married my husband's brother. So two sisters married two brothers. And I have Rob Brayton on the show tonight. It's a Sunday evening. And that doesn't matter to the audience. But uh, that was the time that it works out because we both have young kids. And so we, we fit this into the schedule. So you guys are in for a treat. Rob, why I picked Rob on the last dance interview, talking about Michael Jordan's show that he uh, kind of narrated about the Bulls in their last season was because my husband, uh, obviously my brother-in-law's brother, uh, talks about his shrine that he had growing up in his room and how he burnt candles. And every time they want, they want it was because Rob burnt candles to it. <laughs> well, I... I would say that shrine is a little overstated. Um, being that you've been in our family for a while, I think that that's a little bit of an overstatement or embellishment to say the least. But uh, I did have a few posters on my wall to to say the least. And I grew up during that era. So yeah, it was a, a very fond time for me because I followed it very closely. But yeah. I think Michael likes to take it to the extreme a little bit. <laughs> he does. It's a fun way to poke fun at, at you because he really wasn't into it as much. He says he yeah. watched the games. So, but I am not like you. I had no idea what was going on with the Bulls or that him and Scottie Pippen played together, or who Scottie Pippen was or anything till I really mm -hmm. watched the documentary. But that's not the only reason I'm having you on the show. Uh, you and I both really like personal development. We talk a lot mm -hmm. and kind of bounce ideas back and forth when we're together about kind of success principles and stuff. So do you want to just explain a quick story about what kind of got you to that? So people are like, who is this Rob guy besides this weird shrine man? <laughs> sure. <laughs> um, I, I, I honestly really don't know where it started necessarily. I mean, I would say a lot of it really goes back to like my parents. Um, they have a, both of them have a tremendous level of work ethic in, in all that they've done. And I think I, that's something that I've kind of parlayed off as I've gotten older. My, my parents probably didn't think that when I was growing up because I was terrible um, <laughs> I didn't like to work. I didn't like to do much of, of anything for them, but I think is there's those things that thankfully, and I hope this happens with my children too, that it does wear off and you do see it. And, um, at least in my case, I, I think that level of, of effort really wore off and that it came down, at least for me, one of the things that I have is, you know, don't, do things right the first time so that you don't have to keep repeating them. But um, there's, there's an important aspect of that as well, which I, you know, obviously played out within the last dance with, especially early in Michael Jordan's career, but um, you have to make mistakes and, and those mistakes are experience. Um, and I think for me growing up, especially being a firstborn or firstborn, you don't, you don't like to make mistakes. You're in some ways afraid of them. So you're constantly pushing for perfection. Um, and, and I, it's, I don't know why th that was with me, but that's kind of how I felt for a long time. And as a result, I think that it's always allowed me or pushed me in a direction to constantly self-evaluate, identify what worked well, what didn't work well, even when things did go really well, what could I have done better? Um, and it's something that I've carried forward into my professional career. Um, 
as a business director, even prior to that as, you know, a manager in different levels. Um, I'm always looking for ways to improve myself, improve what I'm doing. Um, and I don't know, I, when I think about how that translates into what we're talking about today, I think from a, a role model perspective and reading about Michael Jordan and the Bulls and um, the level of effort that he put into himself, um, I think that I saw that level of work ethic in him. I saw that in my parents. And that gave me an opportunity or at least presented opportunities to say, hey, these these might be really good qualities that I could use for myself. So from that that standpoint, I I think that's where I really it really resonated with me. And then having watched this uh, not all that long ago, I was like I was just taking so much more from it, even than what I was seeing going through kind of living that experience as it was happening way back when as a teenager. So. Yeah, it just is like another layer of, mm -hmm. you know, making sense. Because you had such that foundation between your parents, what you saw on the court, what you saw out in public, but then kind of learning more about what you do in private shows and, and learning mm -hmm. more about that behind the scenes. Right. Yeah. And for me, uh, I would say it just was more of a, a deep respect in the sense that, you know, I had no idea. I was kind of watching it as a new person. I was like, What? do they really win another championship? You know, I felt like I was watching it in real time. And so that's what was, was really neat to me. And then I was like, Oh yeah, I, I have seen a lot of people sport Michael Jordan and this is why. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, so that was kind of fun. So let's dive into some of those points. So I have this written out on the blog of what kind of the main points were that stood out to me. And there is so much more to the whole series that I really suggest that you watch it. But if you're somebody who loves podcasts, this is a great one to listen while you're doing some other things, if you can't sit down and watch the whole series. So we're going to kind of jump into that. And one of the first things that I point out is that, yeah, Michael Jordan is great, but they really kind of develop well how he and the Bulls weren't that great without Scottie Pippen. So mm -hmm. do you remember that sticking out of when Scottie Pippen, the last season, he decided to step back because he wasn't getting paid what he was worth. Mm -hmm. And he's just, you know what, I'm going to do my knee surgery at this time and sit out. And the Bulls really suffered. Mm -hmm. uh, so, you know, in, in kind of that teamwork aspect, uh, do, do you have anything that you want to add to that or kind of what, stands out about the teamwork part of it um i mean i obviously the 98 season was the one that was really highlighted the most within the <laughs> within the documentary but i i tend to go back well before then where it was michael jordan and scotty pippen really had this just amazing dynamic duo where because they spent so much time together in in i don't think that the the documentary necessarily highlighted it all that well, but Pippen had a tremendous work ethic too. Um, his, mm -hmm. they, they got into his upbringing and stuff, but he always had a little bit of a chip on his shoulder. So he knew he had to work hard as well. But I yeah. think Scotty and Michael played so well off of each other because they could push each other and it wasn't push each other on the, on the game floor. It was push each other on the practice floor. Mm -hmm. um, I think Michael found someone that, could push him that way but because of that and how hard they worked together they were just it was amazing to watch them play together yeah. um but 
you know, going back to that, to that 98 season. Um, yeah, I, I think that's where the whole issue of Scotty kind of not realizing his potential, um, early on in his career and, and kind of thinking like, well, this is my one shot. Um, I might, I got to take, try to capitalize on it really ended up coming back to bite him because Mm -hmm. he didn't realize what he was potentially capable of either. So it's one of those things, like if I were to say, and, and I actually can parlay this a little bit back to my, when I first started in my professional career is that I looked at it as well. If I, if I can make, you know, $40,000 in a year, like that, that will, that's a good goal for me. And I, that'll be enough. Yeah. And, and I mean, you find out really quickly, especially in today's society with (laughs) a family and kids, like that doesn't go very far. So, um, and I think that's kind of what Scotty was going through is here's my potential. This is where I'm at today and not really thinking where could I be if I put that effort in Mm-hmm. And what what could I be worth then? And just taking it for what it was early, I think that really he he really handicapped himself that way. And then, you know, I think, and I don't I can't speak for the guy. I'm not him, but I think that he's in some respects he's really um, put himself in a or he put himself in a position where he was just angry and yes, he's resentful. Like, this is you know, this is the way I can stick it to them, even Mm -hmm. though this was my fault. And like, unfortunately, people do lash out that way. And, um, but it didn't, it it didn't help anyone, right? Like, it didn't, didn't go so well for him necessarily. Um, It certainly didn't go go well for the team. And I think he he really probably injured a, a lot of relationships that he potentially had within the organization. And maybe even what did it show about him then as, as his character and anybody else who wanted to work with him in the future, perhaps? Well, yeah, you know, and and you saying that kind of brings out this idea that you can be so great. You can be the number two person in the NFL and still have character flaws and still not be perfect and still be on your own journey because Mm it's, I, I almost wonder too, if him sitting out and realizing, yeah, at the, I'm hurting the people and the friends I love at the expense of what my anger does. And he, Mm -hmm. we have to learn things the hard way. And unfortunately when you're in the public eye, everybody just gets to see your failures and what it takes to character development for you. So yeah, you're right. Because he ultimately, he's not a victim. He signed the contract, but the problem is he signed it for, I think seven years and then Mm -hmm. became one of the best players in the NBA and then wasn't getting paid that. But, and I think Michael Jordan did a year by year contract. If we remember correctly. Um, I I think a lot of his, I don't remember all the exact specifics, but I believe a lot of them were one to two year deals that he would would typically sign. And obviously Scotty didn't have the, didn't have the marketing side of it um, Mm -hmm. going for him the same in, in the same way that, that Jordan did. Um, but he, he did sell himself a little bit short that way. And I mean, I, I, I can't necessarily fault his decision, right? No, it's your one shot. Yeah. And if I remember, most of us never get that opportunity, right? If somebody walks up to you and says, Hey, I'll pay you, 
you know, $7 million, $1 million a year, whatever it is for the next seven years, yeah. how many of us would turn that down? Mm-hmm. I, probably very few. Um, he wanted to take care of his mom and dad. So mm-hmm. it was like, oh, with this $7 million, I can take care of my mom and dad, have a little more extra money. I'm happy. And yep. like you said, at the time, that was enough. But then it became not enough. Well, and- it, it's because he realized like, hey, like I'm a lot better than a lot of these other people around me. And they're making a lot more money. You know um, what? It, the Bible story that reminds me of, though, it, Michael and I just read it in Matthew. I mean, it's in every gospel. But when people show up right away in the beginning and they agree to a day's labor wage mm-hmm. and they work all day and then the people at the end yeah. you, you get off for the same amount and they agree to it. And he says, what's it to you? Um, yeah. And I forget the last line of it. No, it's, it, that's a great example, right? Like yeah. that's what they agreed to. So that's what they got paid. Um and I, it, the same thing goes in really anything that we do, we have to be thinking about, well, what are the questions I should be asking? Because, yeah, and, and I, at least that's what it, what it comes down to me is like, well, what questions should I ask in, if I'm in this situation versus what, what maybe shouldn't I ask, or do I just take it for what it is? And I think when I, when I think back to that parable, it's, you know, those, those laborers didn't think, well, what it, you know, what, what would it be if I worked four hours? Would it be the same? Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and I mean, I, I don't want to get too far off topic, but I mean, I think yeah. that's, that's the reality, right? Like he could have asked questions or he could have asked for clauses at three years in, right? Like yeah. if I become in the, a top 25 player, can we renegotiate? Like that could have been part of the contract. Um, and isn't that interesting? Probably because he didn't believe in himself that much. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's, and... that's how I feel felt about myself starting out. Like I, and I still am, don't think of myself that way, but um, I think that that's one of the key differences. Hey, hey, Rob, with Jordan you're on Pippen. the rise and climb podcast. So clearly you have <laughs> undersold yourself. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So let's talk a little bit about Pippin because it's later down in the points, but I think cause that we're on him, his upbringing. I mean, when he went to college, he was the manager his freshman mm-hmm. year, I believe. And so, like you said, they don't go into his story a lot. It was much more about Jordan and the bulls versus, yeah. and each season they picked maybe one kind of side story. But what I found fascinating was that he was the team manager, uh, mm-hmm. equipment manager. And then he, his sophomore year, he grew six inches. He grew from six, one to six, seven. And yeah. then that's when he got his chance to play. I just think there are so many takeaways from that. You know, just the fact that if you said, if I can't play and I, you know, screw it, I'm not being, I'm too good to be their equipment and manager, you know, and I'm going to go off, we would, then he never would have been in the right position for when he did grow six inches for everything to align. Mm-hmm. And just him putting in that time and humbling himself and r- not taking that as a no, it's just a not yet. Mm-hmm. is what got him to where he was probably played into maybe his lack of confidence. So mm-hmm. kind of, like I said, we don't know, but I just find all of that. Cause people are like, Oh, he was so lucky to get to play in the NBA and people. Yeah. It's, it's it very, very little is luck. Um, I, I would say that 
the biggest issue that a lot of people, when they look at situations and they say, well, that person's lucky. Well, why, why are they lucky? Like you have to ask the, the why questions in those cases in, in the, and what it comes down to most of the time is that they were willing to work and, and work for it. Um, you know, in some cases there, there's legitimate luck, right? Like mm-hmm. you, someone wins the lottery, like yeah. that is, that's legitimate luck, but, but there's the very still little skill. Bought or, the, yes. L- they, yes. Yeah. They still bought the ticket, right? Yep. Like they, they still had to do something. Mm-hmm. And like, I can't sit around and say and complain like, Oh, well, well, I didn't win the lottery. Well, when's the last time I bought a ticket, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> if I'm not buying a ticket, I'm probably not winning. Yeah. Um, and and when you think about athletics, sports in general, that that really is not a whole lot different than the lottery. It's th- this is the ticket I want to play. How hard do I want to? How many times am I gonna gonna buy that ticket? And yeah. is it gonna pay off for me? Some people don't don't continue to buy that ticket. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, you know, Scotty Pip and Michael Jordan, they're exceptions or exceptional examples of that example. But think about how many guys are, you know, make it into the major leagues in baseball, right? Or how many people make it into the NBA that you never heard of. Um, yeah. They still made it. They, they still bought that ticket and they still got there. Um, you know, it, it just depends upon what you want to do. Um, and if, if you want to work that hard at it and that's, that's what it comes down to is yep. you, you can work really hard and you can get there, but it doesn't necessarily guarantee you're going to be successful either, but you still made it. You still have that to, to bank off of. Exactly. And I feel as if there are common themes in all of these super successful people's story. It wasn't mm-hmm. that they never got told no, it was that because they got told no, they had to work even harder and determine yeah. in their mind that it was a non-negotiable. Like it, when you listen to Michael Jordan throughout this whole thing, his ego, and I wouldn't even say it's in a bad way mm-hmm. in order to be this successful. Failure was just not an option. You have yeah. to have that. And I would, you know, in the Christian realm, it's that mind of Christ. You have to have that confidence in who you are and what you have to offer to say, I don't care if this person says no, who is this person? Anyways, I know what I have to offer. I'm going after this. And even in Dennis Rodman's story, I mean, he's, he basically was homeless. I mean, I don't know quite the details of his his story with his mom, but living on the couches of his friends or basically on the streets. And then it, it was because of that, that he was just, he had chance to be on the hoop all the time and, practice rebounds he made rebounds his thing and he had throw the ball up and he would just practice and practice and practice rebounds he became the number one rebounder because he was in a really crappy situation that it was Mm -hmm. either drugs or rebounds and he picked rebounds at least at that point in his life I'm pretty Mm -hmm. sure he got into some later on just just a punch Um, (laughs) but yeah I think a lot of people say oh you know but you don't know how it feels I got cut and if you look at all three of these top NBA players, mm-hmm. they got caught in tons of ways. So I just think, yes, yeah. no, I, I, you know, going back to something that you mentioned earlier, I, you know, when you, 
when I, when I think about Jordan, a lot of people will say, oh, the guy's arrogant, he's this, he's that. But I, you know, I think one of the, you actually picked one of the best quotes that he, he has out there on your, on your page where he says like, I've missed 9,000 shots in my career. I've lost almost 300 games. I've failed over and over again. He's like, that's why I succeed. And it, it's, yes. it's because of those things he, he studied why did those not go well? Why did this happen? And he found a way to understand where those gaps were and, and tries to make them better. And, and that's the thing that I find most admirable about his, his level of effort in all, in all that he's done. Um, it isn't because he's just thought he was great. The guy worked harder than anybody else. And you can even, there's amazing videos on YouTube about some of these other NBA stars, superstars at the time that were just blown away by Jordan's level of work ethic and what he would yeah. do and how hard he would push. Um, some of the best ones are uh, about the dream, like some of the back end stories about yeah. the dream team uh, during that 90, I think it was 1992 Olympics and how hard he would push them in practice. And I, I think that to me is that that says a lot about his character and about how seriously he applied himself about, you know, to the game and what he was doing. Um, but I think, you know, one of the other things that you mentioned in some of, in some of your um, blog posts was, um, you know, at, at what cost, right? And, yes, that's what I was going to say. And, and it's, I think that's a, that's a challenging thing to think about, right? Is like, what, what am I willing to give up to pursue this one thing? And that's, that's a really serious question. Um, and it's a hard question to answer and ask yourself. Um, I would say it's harder to answer than it is to ask, but, um, you know, what am I willing to give up to pursue this, this thing that I have, or this dream that I have. And, um, I think that's, it becomes even harder, the more grounded and well-rooted you are as a Christian at times, because mm -hmm. when you think about, you know, others first in your life, um, versus yourself. It's like, well, what, what am I doing here? Why am I pursuing this one thing when, you know, maybe, you know, God calls us to serve and it's like, how do you balance all this? It's, it's not yeah. easy to do, um, to think about how you align that within your life. Like I, I know myself personally, could I have pursued and done different things in my career and push, push, push to become even, you know, have a higher title and things like yeah. that. Absolutely. And I know I could have done it. I know I could achieve it, but at what cost? That's, mm -hmm. that's not worth it to me. Right. I, my, my family's more important to me than that. Um, the, the things that I do in my free time are more important to me than, than just having that title or having, you know, that extra zero on my paycheck or something. Yep. Exactly. It's not that this is about becoming the best quote unquote NBA player, you know, title in your field. It's about doing everything as unto the Lord and doing yeah. the best that we can. And having these stories inspire us to be the best parent right now, the mm -hmm. best worker right now in what we're doing. It doesn't mean we have to be the CEO unless yeah. that's something that we're really going to go after. But yeah, absolutely. I, the point isn't to say, the only outlet of this is being a top sports official. But I really think what 
you were saying there and kind of going back to some of our first point is that idea of that iron sharpening iron, Mm -hmm. but the cost of being sharp iron for Michael Jordan was that he was called a bully. Mm -hmm. He was, you know, people said he was so arrogant, but when you talk to anybody after they won, they would say, uh, it was because of Michael Jordan. He saw the best of me. He knew what, I needed to push the buttons to make me better so that we would win. But Mm -hmm. translating that to the Christian world, that is a lonely world Mm -hmm. that we live in. Look at, I think the idea, look at Christ. He pushed everybody to basically be broken enough to come to God, to be the best God Mm -hmm. created them to be. And people put him on the cross for that. They crucified him for that. Right. So I really do think if we are wanting to be that sharp iron in this world and make that impact to win, you know, the crown of eternity and win others to Christ, the ultimate point of this life, Mm -hmm. we are going to lose friends. We're going to be be called a bully. We're probably going to be called legalistic. We're, you know, there's in, 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 whether it was selfish or true love, you know, motivated by love, Michael Jordan, that's what he did. It's a good parallel to the fact that what is the cost? Am I willing to lose my life? Because Jordan had to lose his life. Literally, he couldn't go anywhere without the the cost of winning was that fame Mm -hmm. and his reputation and everything. I mean, even when his dad died, he was accused of his gambling being linked to his dad's death and accused mm-hmm. of that, you know, and that was everybody's opinion that they had that had out there. So there are tons of costs to it. And I, I do think that as, as a disciple of Christ, it is, what is our, our well, cost? yeah. I mean, when you put it in that perspective, um, there's, there's a lot of sacrifice that, that I think I feel like it becomes a lot easier to say, at, at least for me, um, you know, am, am I okay with letting those relationships or letting this opportunity pass me by? Because does it serve the higher purpose? Does it serve where my calling with what God has for me? Um, which, you know, when you, when you know what that is, please tell me, but yeah. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> um, cause I think that's something we all struggle with, but I, I, um, I think that it's, it's a different, it's easier because you can attach it to something that is beyond oneself um, because it's, it is divine. It is from God um, that I, I am willing to let these things go by. I'm willing to make that sacrifice because it's, it's for him. It's, it's, it's not for myself. Um, That becomes a little easier. And I think, I think maybe that's where people look at it you know, when you, when you try to parallel that with Jordan's career is that they, they look at it as that, well, he was just doing that for himself, but I, I think he just loved to win. Um, and, and if our, if we can kind of replace win with, you know, how do I win for Christ? Well, maybe that becomes a little bit different picture for us and a little bit more easy to attain. You know, what that makes me think is when we're on the receiving ends of the Jordans, when we're on the receiving ends of the people pushing us mm-hmm. to be our best, the, the, basically the thorn in our side, 
mm-hmm. that pushes. And I'm thinking of a lot of relationships right now that are not comfortable, that I don't like. Mm-hmm. And like a good example is my neighbor. I mean, I do not consider her a friend. She does not like me, right? We, we, we can laugh. I've heard some stories. Yeah, some stories. She's not a fan of Anna Brayton or Rising Climb or anything, okay? But she pushes me to be better. Mm-hmm. And do I sit, you know, and, and how do I appreciate her or how do I repel her influence in my life in the sense that what's that word or that line of, you know, be, be above reproach. So it really makes me think of my behavior, what I'm doing, mm-hmm. who I am, because who I am on the inside of my house reflects who I am on the outside. So I have mm-hmm. to do the work on the inside. I have to be praying in the morning so that I am the best neighbor and in tune and hearing from God and what it looks like to love all my neighbors and especially be her because the parable of love thy neighbor is when it's somebody you disagree with. That's mm-hmm. who goes out of the, that's who we're called to go out of the way for. So besides that tangent is, you know, focusing on Jordan pushing them. But my guess is there were a lot of people that came and went on the bulls that couldn't stand what J- Michael Jordan pushing them had to offer. And I want to stay on the teams that push me to be better. So that's yeah. really convicting. Yeah. I mean, I, I think back to like when I played football, um, when I was in high school, I pushed my hardest in practice. You know, I always was, you know, I, I saw that as a personal challenge to like, you know, be the fastest in any group that you ran in for sprints, you know, anything Mm -hmm. like that. And I, again, I don't, I don't know where that comes from fully. Like I've tried to piece that together. Um, and I, I, that still is with me. Like, I'm still very competitive and you know that, but, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I think a lot of that comes, you know, when I think about how you, you know, where that comes about in somebody like, you know, like Jordan, there's people on the team that just couldn't handle that level, level of competitiveness. Yeah. It's you, you bring a hundred percent all the time or, or don't, don't show up. Mm-hmm. And I I think that's an attitude that he was able to instill within that team. And it started to permeate within the, the entire organization, right? It wasn't just Jordan and Pippen. It wasn't two of them. It was, it, it became part of their entire organization. That excellence yeah. is what we're here to achieve. Um, and they were going to do that together. Um, but if you, if you weren't on board, well, then, this probably isn't the best place for you. But I, you know, I think back to some of the other things that I've seen, not only in this, the the documentary, but also in some other following that I've done, just because I'm still a fan of Jordans and stuff. Yeah. And I still go back and look at some of that stuff is I look at the level of performance of people who wanted to play against him because they saw he was the best. He was the benchmark and how he helped them raise their game. Um, and in playing against them, I mean, obviously there, you know, everybody knows about the Detroit Pistons and stuff when they played against them, but it's all, even the young up and comers, you know, Kobe Bryant and some of others, Mm -hmm. as they were coming into the league, you know, they wanted to, they wanted their shot against them. Right. Um, but it, they, they just found, they found out how good he actually was 
when, when they got that chance. Um, and I think that's the part that, that I think is, is kind of really amazing about it is he didn't just make his teammates better. He made everybody around him better because they all had to elevate their game. They had to be at the best in order to play him. And I mean, I, that's, that's a hard, when you, when you really think about that, like to have that level of influence on others is pretty amazing. And I, you know, if we could somehow try to translate that over into our Christian lives, like how do we help others raise our game around us? I, I think that's pretty humbling. Um, I, I don't know that I do that today. And, and I think that's something that maybe we should be trying to strive for a little bit more. Yeah, he had that sense because when they would come and play against him, when he was filming that Looney Tunes movie or whatever, mm-hmm. right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he would invite people to play him. First of all, he wanted to get a peek at their game so that he could beat them in the real season. Yeah. But uh, but he wanted to stay his best, so he invited, and people just came. But I remember, you know, one of the up-and-coming players being interviewed, I I am so bad with remembering names, but he had said that, you know, he asked Jordan, like, what do you think? And Jordan's like, Oh, if you want to get like, he freely gave him information. Mm -hmm. And that's what makes Jordan the best was he wasn't afraid of other people getting better. He welcomed that challenge. Yeah. And I, I think you're so right is how do we do that or not do that? Well, in our daily lives in any field that we're in, because really it's a spirit of fear. I'm afraid of them getting better than me. And that's not trusting in Mm -hmm. the higher, you know, power of God of providing everything that you need. And he didn't have that fear. And I think Mm -hmm. because he didn't have that fear, he loved them well because by, by serving them and, and that sort of thing. So, yeah, I, I think that's a great point and something that blew me away of how much he wasn't afraid of other people getting better. So if mm-hmm. I'm going to be the best, I'm, I'm going to only feel good about it if I know that I'm helping other people compete against me better. Right. That's, that's really neat. Let's kind of go to when he went and he took himself from a place where he was really great into baseball. And they Mm -hmm. gave a backdrop of baseball where baseball was his thing growing up, but he wasn't in the baseball world for years. And you you might think, oh, it's not a big deal, but apparently it's all different types of muscles. It's different type of techniques. So it is a big deal. Everybody told him, if you switch to baseball, you're never going to make it back in like your career in basketball is done Mm -hmm. just so you know, because of the muscle training. And I think within one season, he made it back to basketball successfully. But in his time with the baseball season, he mm-hmm. he was not very good right away. No, I mean, you it, it it he's he's had a lot of he had a lot of time, right? So like he knew some of the basics, but I don't think he knew the basics at a professional level. No. Um so like that takes a lot of effort. Mm-hmm. Um and it's one thing to have like, I mean, Jordan clearly had his 10,000 hours in, in basketball, right? Yeah. <laughs> like when you, when you think about, uh, Gladwell's. It's, anyway, the book is outliers. Yeah. Yes. Um, but anyway, the, you know, having your whole 10,000 hours in to become a master and you, you think about, um, Jordan may have had some time in 
in baseball, you know, through high school and so on. But the fact that he had some of that time in, but it, it's his level of effort that he was willing to put in yeah. and how fast he was able to move up into those ranks, not just because of his name, but the fact that he was actually getting better, like significantly better when you hear that from his, from his coaches that were working with him that said yeah. like, yeah, he probably could have made it with a few, you know, with another year or two's worth of effort. And it but was, and they said nobody worked harder than him. It was yeah. his hard work. And that's just it. It's, it's not about luck. And, mm-hmm. and he proved that. And then he goes back to basketball. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He, well, I, it's, 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 it comes down to like, what, what is your real love? Right. Like he really did love baseball, but it might've, it might've been for him. Like, well, I, I can put in all this work and I'm, and I can work just as hard, but I get a lot more outcome out of basketball. Yeah. Um, I think that was part of it too, right? Where you you realize I, I am good at multiple things, but if I put more effort into this, I'm going to get more out of A versus B. And I, I think that's probably some of what weighed into it. Um, yeah. and- I think a big part of that too was the healing from his dad. Mm-hmm. And his father passed in away. Yeah, and I think he needed the time away. Yeah, and 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 they say that that he just traveled with the team, mm-hmm. and you know that that was really good for him. Um, and you know, part of it was okay. My dad wanted me to play baseball, and I did, and I can do it. And mm-hmm. you know, maybe it was just proving to him and his dad I can do it. You yeah. know, and every time he's looking up there and he's like, yeah, I know. Okay. The writing's on the wall. I'll become the best in baseball, but yeah, let's go back to basketball. I miss it that more, you know, and we don't mm-hmm. know exactly, but yeah, just that he's on his own journey too. He's human, yeah. you know, he has to heal. He had to get away from things Absolutely. and that was good for him. But uh, within that, he, he was uh, trained by Tim Grover who he has a really cool story. Do, do you know much about Tim Grover, his, who ended up being his personal trainer? I, I don't actually know a lot about him other than what I had seen from the documentary. So I, 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 that's one area I didn't, um, didn't do a lot of research into. Yeah. So going back to, cause you alluded to this. So the Detroit Pistons were bullies at the time on the court. And instead of Jordan, you know, falling victim to an, Oh, they're, just mean and it's unfair and all that he got stronger and Mm -hmm. I just think that is a huge nugget and takeaway that we can look at our life circumstances and for me right now I can equate that to you know my husband is gone 60 hours a week most people like you you know I started kind of getting jealous of Oh, their husband stays home. And so there's no commute time. You know, they're there, they can take off work and mine can't, you know, and that really just feeling like a victim of my circumstances, but Mm -hmm. it's forcing me to gain more skills to be a better mom because I can't rely on my husband's presence. So it's forcing me to rely on God's presence and the Holy spirit. Cause it's not my strength. That's getting through 12 hours a day with my little right. rug rats. Well, you know, I mean, the, yeah. I th- not to interrupt you, but I think oh, it's one of those things where you have to, you have to take a step back and say that this is happening for a reason. Mm-hmm. God's put me here 
in this circumstance, in this season for a purpose, what is that? How can I um, press into that in some way? And how can I be obedient to it and learn from yeah. it? Well, um, and if you, that's, that, that's hard to do when it's not going so well, right? <laughs> like it's not easy, but it, it, it's, it, when, when you get to see the fruit of that, it, it, it can be pretty awesome, but I'll, I'll let you continue. Sorry, but no, sorry. I was just going to say, you kind of bring that up kind of made me take a step back and think that might not have caused him if he wasn't if he just fell victim to the pistons he might not have reached out to tim grover it was a really cool story on how he even got a hold of michael jordan because he mm-hmm. was a nobody at the time and so he has his own success story in that and he wrote a book million i think but with the dollar sign or something so he probably would have a really good book to, to read as well on some success principles but um what ended up happening was he trained with him but before Tim Grover, so Michael said, well, how would you train me? And Tim said, well, first we need to, you have some injuries. We need to address those. We need to take it slow before we get stronger. And he, and Jordan's, you know, Jordan, he's so competitive. He's like, no, I got to hit harder. Because Jordan went to him and said, this is what I think we need to do. Mm -hmm. And Grover's like, no. That's not what we need to do. And he had to have guts because he didn't have anybody to say Mm -hmm. this is this. He was probably it was new territory for him. So anyways, then he starts Grover's training training program. And what Michael says, I'll give you 30 days. Well, that turns into 15 years. But thinking about that, thinking the Detroit Pistons and that pissing him off and making him mad that they were losing forced him to say, I got to do something different tried something different i just wonder if that training that he did with grover is what allowed him to be able to bounce back and forth from baseball and basketball and do what he wanted because he took the time to evaluate heal from what was causing him issues then he could become stronger and i think that's us. We want to just go build, build muscle and get stronger. But if we don't heal from some of our past wounds, mm-hmm. you know, in, in doing that and in our past wounds that are aggravated by people who rub us mm-hmm. the wrong way. Yeah. We're, we're not really going to be able to do really what we want and what our heart's desires are. Right. Yeah. I, I, I agree with that. I mean, you have, you have to look at, um, where, you know, how did you get to this point? And, you know, is, is it a situation where I, I just need a, to rest or I need to break temporarily in order to become better? Um, and sometimes that feels like weakness. Um, but the, the reality is, is that we all need that. I mean, you think about even the best workout plan, strength training, whatever it is, like you, you do have to have a rest period and yeah. that that's required in order to get stronger, in order to get better at, at what you're doing. Um, yeah. I mean, you probably know more about that than me <laughs> at this point, but um, it, I mean, thinking, you know, in the correlation of what we're talking about, absolutely. Um, I'm sure it did play in at some level. I mean, in terms of the the timing, I mean, Grover working with Jordan would have come, you know, during the first 
three p period that they went through um and i'm sure that he didn't stop working with him even as he moved into baseball right like you know when you have that much success with somebody you're not just going to stop you're going to say okay i'm changing disciplines here what do i need to do yeah (laughs) so yeah and that i think is just it even though michael jordan was great he surrounded himself by great people too which is something that grover talks about is you know it's not once you get to be the top of your game it's not motivation that keeps you there because what motivated you to get to your topic top of the game you you've attained it so you what it turns into is elevation that you need and -hmm. you need people and really what they said is to stay elevated is to really be careful about who you surround yourself with. Yeah, absolutely. Grover and Michael knew that they needed each other to stay that elevated. Like you said, Pippen Rodman, they were, they were the best in that. And so they, that's what's, what's so ironic about some of that is Rodman was on that Pistons team, right? Like Rodman was considered one of the best defenders in basketball. That's why the bulls picked him up later in his career. But I mean, he was one of those guys who was punishing Jordan every time he came down into the paint. So um, that's why I, I don't know. I, I see it as a, a lot of, in some respects it's irony, but then also like redemption for Rodman because now he's able to get some of that, see some of that glory too later in his career by being a part of that, you know, that, obviously the greatness of the bulls team but just seeing like getting to be with jordan firsthand and then seeing okay wow i i really see why we got beat right like i'm sure that was a realization that rodman had even though they did maybe didn't allude to it or bring it up i think that's something that he likely had a realization of whether they were practicing you know games whatever probably was able to see like wow, I, now I understand. I understand yeah. why they beat us. Yes. Yeah. Isn't that funny too, in the sense that you hated the Pistons and Rodman until he's on your team. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, it, it makes, it makes a lot of sense, right? Like, yeah. And you've seen that in so many different times in sports where, you know, somebody who might be the most, you, you know, your biggest nemesis might be terrible but hey if they join my team is that really a bad thing (laughs) no absolutely not and you know what now this is becoming a clear analogy is the body of christ Mm -hmm. you know in the the different churches that are around and we don't need Mm -hmm. to be putting down other churches or other christians we want to be sharpening to be their best and it's not about oh they have more members so i don't want to talk that church up or help edify that church it's no, we have one goal. And if you think about that being one team, the NBA, where they get their money is if the NBA is entertaining. Mm-hmm. So they really do only benefit when the NBA is competitive. Right. You know, in the body of Christ, we really only win when people are exposed to the gospel. So it really doesn't matter. Uh, right. whose church they get that from so that's that's interesting now i want to say we do not think jordan is christ and the nba no. is the church okay we no. are just pulling <laughs> yeah it's just good to learn it's a parable and jesus taught through parables so yeah. well i you know i i think that it doesn't matter what you're looking at what you're talking about 
there, there's, there's a lesson to be learned in, in most any experience or other people's experiences. And you, you can't just cloud that because of like, well, they're not a Christian, so I can't learn from them. It's like that, it, that's a, that's a really blinded way to, to go through life. Um, I mean, look at how we were taught about Samaritans, right? Um, that was actually a message yeah. that was part of church today um, that we were, that our pastor had leveraged in that, you know, Samaritans, you know, weren't necessarily, they were enemies of the Jews for the most part. Yep. Yet someone stopped, you know, a Samaritan stopped to take care of a Jew. Isn't that, that's Christ's love for us. We didn't deserve that. We were an enemy of God because we're sinners. Yet he showed us this amazing mercy and grace and stopped by the roadside to say, Hey, we, I have an opportunity for you. I, we have a way to, to save you. Or, yeah. And, and he did that for us. Um, even so that's we why we can it. do it for others. Because mm-hmm. he does it for us. And that's why yeah. we got to be able to see those lessons and in, in all around us, right? Like it, mm-hmm. it, they are all around us if we're willing to, to have our eyes and ears open. Um, so, it doesn't have to come from a church or a, yeah. you know, a pastor or something. Pastor Rob tonight on the mic. <laughs> yeah, I don't know about that. But. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to end on one point, and it's throughout the whole series, and it's kind of throughout some different of my points here, but it's the people who said, you will never make it. Mm-hmm. And really that analogy of, of Satan comes to steal, kill, and destroy. You know, And there yeah. were a lot of people trying to destroy Jordan's <laughs> career, whether they knew it or not. Starting from his freshman year or sophomore year, getting cut from the basketball team, mm-hmm. and and I think about it, and I was cut my freshman year from the volleyball team. Now I'm not very tall, but I took that as oh, I'm not good volleyball mm-hmm. player. And looking back, I'm really sad that there was nobody, or I didn't even believe in myself to say oh, I could just work harder and become better. I mm-hmm. took that as, oh, I'm not meant to do that, which is fine. I did other things. It was great. Like you said, you know, mm-hmm. it, my ticket was, I just withdrew my ticket from volleyball. But are we aware today of the the accusations and the lies? I mean, he was, you're too short. You will never be somebody who carries a team to a successful season. All of that, you know, people. So that I think is so interesting. And I guess I have a question to you mm-hmm. uh, is, has there ever been a time where you really feel like people spoke lies or accusations over you that you really had to battle to overcome, I guess? Um, I mean, I don't know that I've had a, that one comes to mind immediately, but I think anytime somebody tells me I, I can't do something that I find that as motivation. Mm-hmm. Um, not because I'm, you know, subscribed to Michael Jordan's my way of thinking or something yeah. like that, <laughs> but it, but I do, I'm like, well, I need to practice what I preach. Cause I tell my teams at work, I tell my children, like there is no such thing as can't. Um, can't is in my mind, a cop out. It's an excuse of saying, I don't want to work hard enough. It, it it allows you an outlet to say, I don't want to work hard enough. I don't want to put in the effort. I don't want to learn 
by just saying I can't do something, that that to me, that's not a valid excuse. I choose not to do something. Yes, you're choosing not to do something for a specific reason. Now, if it's a valid reason, I can respect that. But be honest about it. Don't just tell me you can't do something. Now, if somebody tells me I can't do something, a lot of times I find a way to, to say, no, I can. Or I can, however, this is what it's going to cost you, right? Or yeah. cost myself. Those are things that you have to weigh. But I, you know, I, I think about at work. I mean, I can't go into a lot of specifics for confidentiality reasons yeah. on some things, but I arguably have one of the toughest challenges in our business with trying to manage our margins. Um, we, we make one of the lowest rates and I'm expected to maintain similar profit margins to other groups at work, but we find a way to get it done and and we do it. That makes you better. Yeah, it does. Like you, you got to find a way around it. You got to work and at the same time, improve people, right? Like you can't give up on people. Um, people are what make work for us. People are our business and we have to make those people better regardless of, you know, how good they are coming in or not. We got to make them better. But it, if we're if we're doing that and, and your your effort and your focus is on making your people around you better, good things come from that um, yeah. and things can happen. Um, and it doesn't matter what it looks like from the outside. Things can be done if you're willing to put in the work. It's not easy and it's it sucks sometimes, but you, you can get it done. You know what you're reminding me of that. Okay, yeah, we're talking about Jordan, but George, Michael Jordan had a supporting cast of people in his life. Mm-hmm. And it goes back to you might not be the quote unquote Michael Jordan of your field, but are you at least a person who is Michael Jordan's mom? Because if you watch the documentary right. from his dad, he had such tremendous, he could not have been where he was at without his upbringing and who was speaking truth. Right. So, yeah, I don't want to dwell on the lies that much because what counters that lies are the truth. And just what you're doing in your teams and with your children, you are the Michael Jordan mother figure that because, yes, when he got cut, he was crying and he went home and cried on his mama's lap. And she said and she was there for him, but then said, well, if you want to be better, then you need to practice this summer. Mm-hmm. And that's what he did. So, but she spoke truth. It wasn't, oh, it's okay. Try mm-hmm. out again next year. It was, you'll be okay. But mm-hmm. if you want this, you need to work at it. And that's the truth. Yeah. It's not like he was, you know, or like she was allowing him to feel sorry for himself or like that he was a, a victim or something. It was, hey, like, if this is what you want, this is what you have to do. Yeah. And have to work harder at it and I you know I I again I think that's one of the most inspiring things out of not only this documentary but just his career as a whole is that you you have to be willing to to work and work doesn't mean like that you're out you know shoveling or doing whatever it could be it it just depends upon your discipline what where you're at in your life Um, you know, I, I try to inspire people in our teams at work. Yeah, this, this is, you know, in some cases, some of what we're doing is entry level type work, but get good at it. Use it as practice. There's no pressure on you. Yep. It's yeah. an opportunity <laughs> yeah. to grow yourself into something greater than you ever thought you could be. 
Um, yeah. When I started at, at our company, I, I mean, I started out as a temp, but I just worked and I, w- I was willing to work and work hard and yeah. put, it, put my best foot forward every day. And it's taken me a long way. And I've, I've never sought to climb corporate ladders. I've never attempted to do any of that stuff, but I, I've it found a lot of success in it. Um, mm-hmm. It's not necessarily where I wanted to be or what I wanted to do, but it's, that's where God has me. And I played into that and it's gone really well. Yeah. Um, I think not all of us are, I feel like not all of us are always blessed with this great vision of where we want to be or, mm-hmm. or know exactly what our calling is. Um, and sometimes we don't find that out till late in life. Sanders didn't figure out he wanted to make the, some of the best chicken until he was 60 years old. So that like, is wild. And <laughs> arguably he's, you know, the most successful ever at that business. We don't know when that time is. We don't know when that's going to be, but if we can't give up. And, and I think that's the thing that uh, resonates the most for me is we have to keep pushing forward. For me, you know, you just talking, it was a thought I had earlier today, and it's even more convicting now is I have somebody in my life who's in a hard season and I kind of play into that hardness. I'm just like, yeah, you know, oh yeah. And I'm realizing I'm kind of a negative voice in this sense of I'm not speaking the truth mm-hmm. and that it's okay. I can recognize what they're going through is hard and I can empathize with that, but I can also say, but this is making you better and you can mm-hmm. do this. You can do this through Christ asking for Christ's help. And yeah. I, I know you can, I believe in you. So I have to get off this call tonight and I have to reach out to that person. Cause I know it, you know, it is that I might not be a Michael Jordan, but I can be a mama Jordan <laughs> and <laughs> they're being a supporting cast to somebody to do best in their life. Uh, so yeah. Yeah. Um, Still so many takeaways. It's so important to take that step back, right? In James, it says that we need we need to consider it joy when we when we face adversity, when we face challenge. And it it's it's hard to do. Um, and it's hard to be joyful, but I think we we have to press into that and really push yeah. forward. I mean, God is there for us. Like we shouldn't have anything to fear, right? Like He is there for us. Mm-hmm. And He is there even as as tough or as bleak as it might feel, he's there for us. Yeah. Um, and I think it's, it's difficult. Like what, with your, pers- your situation, like you're talking about, you, you want to be empathetic and you want to be mindful of what someone's going through, but it, we also need to push and encourage one another. And yeah. sometimes that encouragement isn't the nice thing necessarily it's, it's the challenging thing to get them to, mm-hmm. to move forward um, and be there for them. Um, yeah. They might not like it. And then one last thing, I swear this will be the last thing. No, it's okay. You know, cause I was trying to figure out like a redeeming quality of this. Cause something that Jordan did was he found something about who he was playing against and used that to fuel his basically drive to beat them because if they got beaten a game in the championships he would listen to the media for one thing that the 
you know, whoever was in his position would say, yeah, you know, I'm really am the better player. That's mm-hmm. all he needed to hear to fuel him. And I, up until now, I've been struggling with, is that a Christ-like quality, <laughs> you know, to, to need to like kind of hate somebody else or whatever. Yeah. However, what I do think could be a parallel and something to glean from and implement in the Christian walk would be that do we realize that there is an enemy out there trying to take away our W with Christ? Mm -hmm. And because when we are not in tune with that, we get lackadaisical and we're like, Mm -hmm. you know what? Yeah. I just, this situation, this relationship, this marriage, yeah, I'm just gonna, whatever. But when we are tuned into that, there is somebody trying to dethrone us Mm -hmm. and really fuel, channel that into teaming back up with God to to take that W back. That I think is the connection. I, I think that's actually a really good, um, a really good way to put that. Um, in, in, I say that because as somebody who is, is very competitive, um, and your husband obviously knows this as does most of yes. my family. The Braytons are very you, competitive. <laughs> you, you look for any way that you can, can maximize your, your, any advantage you might have. So good way to put it, <laughs> but what, you know, to take that to the, to a Christian perspective. Yeah. But that's where we have to focus it. Right. Is, is it's on the enemy and how, what, what can we do that allows us to just re reinstill? Like we have power, we have that authority, not through ourselves, but, but through Christ. Mm-hmm. And, and how can I use that as motivation through this challenge? Right. Is like, this is a situation where, you, you know, somebody who's going through something difficult, um, you know, we've all been through that where, you know, am I going to let, you know, Satan use this particular situation to like ruin me or take this away from me? Or am I going to say, no, like this is my motivation. I have this, I can now have this boldness and be like, no, this, there's no place for you here. Yeah. Um, and, and I'm going to win. This is what I'm going to do. Um, and it's not, again, it's not through us. It's, it's through that authority that, that through Christ, but I think that's a good way to help motivate us through those difficult times. Yeah. And you realize we, we might have losses, you know, mm-hmm. like we said, Jordan had a lot of losses. There were a lot of game sevens. Yeah. And if you're not in the basketball world, that means that it was tied three and three and they they weren't guaranteed to win the championship, which they won six out of eight years. So obviously they pulled it off. So he would go home that night and he would be in the dumps. They, they had a loss, but it reminds me of the scriptures, though, though we may stumble, we will not fall. Mm-hmm. And so ultimately it's like, although Satan may try to dethrone us. And for my marriage, it's like, yeah, there's some nights that I go to bed really angry and there's some days that are not pretty. There's some moments, but at the end of the day, I know the enemy is not my team, you know, is not Mm -hmm. Michael. And when I tap into that, I get down on my knees and I say, 
Satan, by the power of Jesus Christ and his blood, get the hell out of here. <laughs> you know, I, that is a big turnaround point for me typically. Yeah. And then I, before you know it, an hour later, I'm texting Michael and I'm mending that bridge and that's the win, you know? Mm-hmm. So absolutely. Yeah. Well, I mean, I know people would love to listen to us talk forever, but well, I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe they would, maybe they wouldn't. <laughs> we'll see how many plays this gets. <laughs> I, I just look at it as a good conversation. So for sure. And that they just got to be a part of, because yeah. this is, is, is how we often get to talk when we're at family events and weekends mm-hmm. you know, and the kids. Go yeah. It really isn't much different. So yeah. So that was pretty. So maybe fun. people find that really interesting or or really boring. I don't know. But. I get a lot of unsubscribers, Rob. We know. <laughs> yeah, right. it's my fault, not well, Anna's. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Rob, thank you so much for taking the time. I know it's a sacrifice for the family. Yeah, and it's you okay. And tomorrow's a work day. So thanks yeah. for listening, everybody, and have a great night. And watch the Last Dance on Netflix if you get the chance. Uh, or just listen to this and find it enough. So, <laughs> all right, we'll have a good night. Thanks, Rob. Talk yep. to you later. Bye. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please give Rise and Climb a five-star review or share it with someone you think who would equally enjoy it. If you also feel so led, you can support this podcast with either a one-time donation or monthly subscription to help pay for sound and editing equipment that helps produce more kingdom-driven and relevant-to-the-times content. God bless. <laughs>